0: what's up guys i just uh wrapped up a jiu practice and oh my god talk about uh, knocking the rust off um had a great session uh trained at this place in austin john's gym um they have a lot of pros that train out of there so uh really have fun being in that environment again i like to mix up my training every once in a while and mixed martial arts are my passion um a big big influencer to the way that i train even when i'm lifting weights and doing calisthenics but anyway um man i just uh i just finished training and i just came home and i prepared a meal but let me tell you when i prepared the meal okay after the training the food looks so much better uh the food i know is going to taste so much better you know when i finished i had some uh, the rice that was stuck on the spoon hot i'm, talking about I'm so hungry I-, I ate it hot you know you do that <laughs> sloshing around in your mouth because <laughs> uh because you're just that hungry you want to get it that bad but i Always believe in practice and discipline, even when I'm at the house. So, I said I'm going to lay down this track first, and I'm going to take this hot Epsom salt bath and uh, try to recover from um, the activities that I just got finished partaking in. But before I do all that, I just want to touch bases with you guys and, and talk about something that is um, that I've been meaning to talk about for the last couple of days. Um, and it's so funny, I, me and my mom got on the phone and boy, me and my mom get on the phone. It could be a 10 minute conversation or it could be a, a, a two hour conversation, but I love my mom to death. So, um, and it's always, it's not that typical mom talk, you know, I mean, everybody probably uh, talks with their mom and I'm sure some people say, oh my God, I talk to my mom and it's, it always gets drugged out. But when I talk to my mom, my mom is so wise. I just, I sit there and listen. She's, uh, you know, she made me so she can probably understand why I am, how I am, uh, better than anybody. But, um, You know she's just very wise, and a lot of times we we reconnect only to find out that we're on the same wavelength anyway. Because I I guess going from what I was taught growing up and continuing on it today, um, you know, I just been disciplined to that. It's always been a connect point for us. So we got to talking last night, and I was telling her about this podcast that I was kind of scripting, and I don't typically script my podcast. Um, I just let it flow. But I was talking about how, and hear this out, okay? When you are a kid right the first thing that they ask you is what do you want to be when you grow up and so what you do as as a kid you immediately start thinking about the future when you start thinking about the future planning for the future you stop being so present as a kid you start to feel the pressure of the future fast approaching now as a kid we all can't wait to be older so we can make our own money so we ain't got to listen to nobody else's rules right so we're waiting to get older we're waiting to get to a place where we can work now everybody knows that by the time you start working you really wish you could go back and be a kid but if you never really enjoyed being a kid and i know some people have their childhoods taken from them or circumstances happen where um, you know things shift and, and reality checks happen so you can't really be a kid you gotta grow up quick but for the people that we're talking about before the age of, of 12 even we're talking about being a kid right um for me uh, I know it's toddlers and adolescence and then childhood and then preteens and then teenage and then adult, right? but but I'm talking about that kid phase. for me, that's really from about the ages of four to about the ages of ten. Um, and depending on how you're parented throughout that, you know your imagination might still and, and I, I really based on how happy a kid is uh, based on how much imagination they have, right. Um, and in those moments where a kid's wildest dreams and imagination seems to come to reality that's when you can really see their childhood um and in real life and that's where you can really see the status of that child now the kids that are like super grown and by the age of four they're telling you you know santa isn't real that my dad goes to work every day that's so um that's funny sometimes because like, you're like wow this kid's really mature but then this kid has kind of defeated the purpose of being a kid and And uh, a part of me was like that, but another part of me was like I knew that anything that I put my mind to could become a reality for me. And the hardest thing to maintain throughout your life is that, one, anything is possible, right? You can imagine anything, and if you think it, you can have it. That's really hard to imagine because... You might have ten thousand dollars worth of credit card debt and you might have um about two thousand dollars coming in a month and you start thinking about what it costs you to live every month you think about how long it might take you to pay off that credit card debt and you can find yourself really demoralized really depressed um like what imagination? You know what I mean? Um, You're thinking about the lack. So imagination is abundance. Imagination is anything, right? So anything is abundance. And when you start thinking about circumstances, circumstances are normally a reflection of a lack. Um, Tough circumstances are a reflection of a lack and and great circumstances are a realization of of opportunity. So going back to the main point, as a kid, you're taught what to start thinking about, what do you wanna be when you grow up, right? Then you start to kinda of take in those interests and, and, and maybe start to kinda of focus on that and that's what kinda of shapes your childhood. Um, and if you wanna be a superhero, you you know, you know gotta start taking like karate classes and being involved in athletics and then you also have to be really smart. Um, you have to have great common sense. And um, so it's a, it's a lot of training if you wanna be a superhero. Now, I want to be a superhero. Why would I wanna be a doctor when I can be a superhero? Why would I wanna be a lawyer when I can be a superhero? Um, one, I want to know how to fly. Um, and they say, how are you going to learn how to fly? I mean, let's be real. At some point, you got to tell the kid that like, you can't fly. I don't want you to jump off something and you can fly. Well, um, if anything's possible for one that believes, and I believe I, I believe I can fly, let me find a way to fly. If the goal is to fly, now I might be not be able to flap my wings like a bird and fly, but... Hey, airplanes take off every day and they weigh more than any person that I've ever you know, seen. And so somebody's desire to fly is what got a bird in the sky. And I'm not talking about, uh, you know, a, a pelican or something. I'm talking about, you know, uh, Southwest Airlines, uh, Delta Airlines, uh, American Airlines, Qatar Airlines. Uh, then we talk about uh, air buses, you know, even bigger. So uh, when we start talking about this, it everything was born out of thought the most powerful thing that you can do is not limit your thoughts and then think the good thoughts, the, the thoughts that you really want the hardest, the most in greater detail and then put those actions to those thoughts so that those thoughts can start to manifest themselves as realities. But what you give up on in thought will never manifest itself in reality. And so when you're in school, right, from the ages of five and sometimes pre-K with ages of four, um, how much imagination stuff do you do after a kindergarten, you know? Um, How much imagination stuff do you do outside of art class? So all of the learning is so structured for for what? When is it inappropriate to to believe whatever your imagination uh, can conceive? When is it inappropriate? So I would say if a kid's still living in fairy tale land and they're they're using their imagination too much by the age of, let's say, 10, um, they you start having psychiatric evaluations for the kid. You start to wonder if the kid's behind his peers. You start saying he's slower to develop. You know he's still growing up, still trying to find himself. How's a seven-year-old, or ten-year-old, or twelve-year-old still trying to find themselves? Um, if you got too much imagination, they might say you're bipolar, schizophrenic. If you live in between the world that you exist, that that exists, and the way that it exists in your head, and the the, the literal world where you only uh, react, interact with what you can see. Uh, then, if you live in between both of those and they start to trying to give you medications for conditions that they think you might have that they also medicine that they cannot test on you but they give you this because if you're an adult and you have this this is what we give you so we're just going to say the same thing for a kid numb them um, we can't fix them we don't want their gifts to grow we don't, you know, numb them um, and I tell people all the time a child is very powerful the faith of a child is absolute okay what a kid wants most is it's probably gonna happen to them the thing that they you know kids want to go to Disney World and you got a parent that's so fired up that's breaking themselves to do what take them to Disney World now the kid is not concerned with how much money the parents make the kid is not concerned with how it's going to come about the kid knows one thing I want to go to Disney World and they want it so bad so genuinely so purely what do the parents do work to make it happen and the kids have no idea the legwork that went into it and Noah it didn't come out of the thin air like some magic trick, but you don't know how the kids might be blessing their parents, you know, that type of thinking and then things come into uh, things kind of come into the reality for the parents that allow them unexpected money uh great circumstances appear and then next thing the kid knows they get to go to disney world now they don't know the backstory but they're not concerned with the backstory they're concerned with whatever they're wishing for to happen most consistently but it it to me it seems like in our childhood when we go to school from the ages of four sometimes five until we're 18 and then when we're 18 we're tall we can stop going to school and then accept less from life make less money have less opportunity or we can continue going to school where since you don't know what you're what you want to do with your life when you're 18 you can go to this other secondary school which we call university um, and you can pick a major and then you study only the things from only the list of majors that we offer then that's what you will build your future off of and if you want something that makes more money you're gonna have to pay us more money If you want something that makes less money, then you just pay us this base amount and you're graduating, you won't have any opportunity to begin with. And so it's a a reconditioning point. You no longer can wanna be a superhero like I might've wanted to be. You have to know what you wanna be by the age of 18 and if you don't know you go to another place or you go out into the wilderness which is called the real world and you accept the less that they offer people that didn't go the other way and the, the what they offer the other people isn't so great because hey i graduated with a degree in perception psychology and human development and it sounds real good but when you go to a job that's going to offer you 32 five starting out and uh what your check's gonna look like every two weeks is somewhere around sixteen to seventeen hundred after taxes and all the stuff that they take out um, and you got to survive so that first check is pretty much gonna go to just bills and the second check you you know you got to save some money right and you got to live so if you, the first check was all just bills, and you probably took about four hundred dollars out of that to just live and we're talking food, we're talking gas, we're talking you know the commute to get to the place, uh, tolls if need be and by the end of the day. You have about $800 to live off of, um, $800 to save, and the rest of your money goes to bills. Uh, okay, that's great. And how long are you going to do that until you save up enough to buy a house? So you deplete what all that you've saved up. You deplete it so that you can buy something, and then you ha- kind of get to start over. Now, what's happened in the meantime is you graduated with that degree then you went out into a job field and probably something that's not centered around your degree but you need to make money or you will be poor so you accept a job so now that you've got a job and instead of you being what you wanted to be when you were a kid you're closer to what? what they wanted you to be so you studied a class so that you can get a job now you got a job and now your goal is to get a promotion so that you can get more money and all that you've done is supported the simplest dream of them all to get rich Now, some people, they love money so much that all that they want out of life is money. Now, that is a very simple dream because you either have it or you don't. You either got it, you got the money, or you didn't get the money. And they're going to pay you a sum of money to make them a sum of money. And if you don't perform in making them enough money, they're not going to pay you any more money to work for them. And the economy could be bad. All that doesn't matter. If you don't do this job supporting my dream the way that I want, I hired you to do it, I'm going to fire you because my goal is not to make you happy. My goal is not to make you a better person. My goal is not to give back to the community, to give back for it. My goal is to get rich off of your efforts supporting my goal, their dream. It's almost like we're conditioned to lose sight of our own dream and to pick whose dream we want to support. So as a kid, you get a doctor set, you get to play doctor. Tell me what's more fun. Using your imagination with no toys to be playing cops and robbers and riding a spaceship. And we played games growing up in Memphis, Tennessee, where it'd be me and my cousin pretending we going to pick up some girls, we in a car. We, we, We were acting out whole life scenarios based on what we might have seen, you know, uh, based on older cousins doing or our dads doing or, you know, we're we're basing everything off of our imagination. If we were in this position, what we're going to do, we didn't play doctor. We played WWE, WWF. You know, we played football, a real game. Uh, We played cops and robbers. We played mamas and daddies. That's a whole nother game. Um, And it was, it was so much imagination involved and we played that until it was too childish to keep playing and then we started playing video games right and that's a whole nother world to begin with but it's it's less technical it's an outlet it's away from doing homework it's video games it's fun right um, and, and in my opinion imagination is truly intelligent i don't care what you say that if a person has a great imagination i know that they are intelligent they know how to utilize their brain to create outcome a situation a scenario uh, they can they can they can have walkthroughs on real life now they do it in the nfl they have walkthroughs. i mean i play football uh, most of my life and i know some days we have practice we just walk through the plays we visualize the play so that the coaches can see things that they might need to change so that when it's real life time when the game is really on they know what to expect the best they act it out in real life we just have walkthroughs. okay And if you can have a walkthrough in life in real time, you are so much better at making decisions. You're automatically going to be set up to make less mistakes. But then when you start to think about how your imagination is really not that important, what they want you to do is use your brain to memorize don't use your brain to imagine, use your brain to memorize. So, in college, when I had to take 24 hours of writing classes, what did I say? I'm gonna take the most creative writing classes I can take. Now, everybody has to take technical writing, okay? And everybody has to take research methods. So we know how to write a research paper, and that's, that was really good, and it, it really was. It sucked, uh, but it was, it was really good, and, and it helped me uh, in my scholastic goals, right? But creativity is what creates opportunity. So the more original you can be, the more creative you can be, the more dynamic you can be, the, the greater your chances to stand out. And the greater your chances to stand out is a better that you have not to get sucked in to the norm. And then you can create the future that you want to live in. If you have no imagination, how can you create? How can you imagine a different life? All you respond to, if, if all you respond to is what's in front of you, is the lack that's in front of you, you get consumed by it. But if you can think your way out of your reality, their their apparent reality, and we know that reality is based on our perception and your perception, it can be greatly influenced by your ability to think and create and your imagination, of course, Uh, then how critical is it that a person exercise their imagination? Why is meditation so effective, guided meditation so expensive? Because I'm going to paint a picture you're going to follow me through and it's an exercise of your mind now if you're wise you do it on your own to be in a meditative state is to be in a state of peace no matter what's going on around you have you ever tried to meditate in the act of chaos well the the chaos goes away for you maybe not for everybody around you and you don't react in a way that you'll regret later and that's very beneficial and um the answer that's right in front of you doesn't get covered up by confusion, anger, doubt negativity um, or the circumstances at hand everything slows down when you enter that meditative state but where you go in that meditative state is a product of your imagination and everybody's place is a little bit different do not let the system win think about the level of negativity that you have on a day-to-day basis in your life if it's road rage it's negativity if it's talking about people it's negativity if it's cursing all day it's negativity i'm not saying that cursing is bad i curse from time to time i say words like shit you know damn but it's not F this, be this, MF or this, not not that. We ain't going there, it's negativity. If it's hating on people, negativity. If it's wanting what everybody's got, negativity. If it's always talking about what you don't have, it's negativity. If it's talking about the opportunities that you didn't get, it's negativity. If you're talking about the lack, it's negativity. If you're talking about anything other than what you want and how you're going to get it and the work that you've done and how you can be better and taking ownership You're focused on the wrong things. Come out of that position of lack. Go into the position of abundance. Know your true worth. Exercise your mind. The war, the World War III that everybody's afraid is going to come between all the nations or Russia and the United States. It's not happening like you think it is. There is There is a war for your mind. I had the opportunity to work for a company that i know was going to use my brilliance in predicting human behavior to control human behavior so they can sell humans more products i did not want to do that and if i did not want to go to school to be a doctor to be a professor in psychology or to be a psychiatrist to write prescriptions for people that had gifts that were being treated as conditions so we numb them and then we deteriorated their brain so then they go crazy and then they go shoot up a military bases and schools and do all this and, and, and movie theaters and all this heinous stuff that we say why do people do that their brain has been deteriorated by the drugs that we're treating their superpower with if a person is bipolar and they know how to control it what do we call them versatile if a person is bipolar and it's sporadic we call them schizophrenic bipolar uh, we give them medicine for it for one one drug for this another drug for this and it eats away at their brain they die at a younger age and um have a terrible way of life but we don't change that because we make money off selling them the drugs that kill them anyway so to not be a part of that vicious cycle I decided to be a life coach I want to teach people how to use their brain to get what they want out of life I cannot teach you how to be rich but I can teach you how to get more how to live better how to live longer I didn't teach you how to get rich I don't want to be your financial advisor although I had a job offer from AXA to do that um, that was going to cost me about $2,700 and because I was broke and um, I don't really ask for handouts I studied the material gained the knowledge so that I could be better at it on my own but you know I could take the test today and become a financial advisor But, but I didn't choose to be a financial advisor because enough of us are consumed with this idea of having more money and having less life. We want to have more money to have more life but then we, we put ourselves through this less life situations if money is the only way to enjoy life the best things in life are what free but you got people that are depressed because of what they don't have it's the people that have traded their values traded what they really want for what they were told they really need and when they don't have what they really need and they see everybody else having it they feel like they're less than that they don't have it right we have a thing that is just for stunting. It's called Stuntgram, I mean Instagram. Um, And we all have it to show how great life is. But who really posts how great life cannot be? So everybody's competing to look like they've got it figured out the most. When I know people that have it figured out the least, I know girls that every guy follows that's truly a prostitute, she hates her life, and um, she's addicted to pretending that she's got it figured out. But then we, we see these people commit suicide out of nowhere, we go, wow, her Instagram was so popping. We see a dad kill his whole family and they show the family portrait like, wow, they had the happiest family, can't believe he did that so crazy. It's not so crazy. If you really take a look at those bank accounts, if you really take a look at the stresses that went into the relationships and who was on medication who was not on medication and all these influences that created the outcome that we are discussing and the headlines that we read that are written to get us to react and everything that happens, happens for a reason nothing is just, they. no one just typed out the headline the way they did and it pops up on your phone and it got you to click on it and, 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 and now you think the world's in a little bit worse place because you just read the story that man, things aren't looking good and you can't turn those notifications off because why? they want everybody to feel that that is what the state of the world is really like and they tell us, well, we would talk about more positive stuff, but positive stuff doesn't sell as well interesting, interesting, I can't remember a time since I've been alive where there was a segment on the news, I think they had this experiment on Anchorman, where the segment on the news was about puppies and all these good stories, they'll throw one in there, maybe two, but then they get right back to this man shot and killed two people in a drive, why do I care about the one minority normally, or black guy that was was killed by a cop, or black guy that was that robbed someone or did, why do I care about the crime that the one person committed instead of the good that the many people are committing on a daily basis? Because it controls the way that you spend, it controls the way that you live, it controls the areas that you move to, it controls the areas you spend your money in, it controls, it is about control, everything is about control. And in my training I say, it is not the movement of the weight that shows my strength, I can manipulate movement but true strength is shown in the way that I can control the weight so sometimes I go up fast I go really down slow or I go halfway up hold and then I pull the rest of the way up hold and then I let it all the way out but I change it up frequently I do it I change it up very frequently it is control that shows true strength that is a pillar of my faith that is a pillar of my training that is one of the things I believe in the most we have a weather modifier that I just call the weather manipulator that can change the weather. But we don't show that we have the situation with global warming under control because we have the ability to manipulate the weather to cool it off temporarily and then it heats back up in two days. No, no, no. It's not the manipulation that shows the status. It's not the manipulation that shows the control of the situation. And if a situation is out of control, it's a disaster. You get what I mean? And so... If if we're fighting to show control and we're trying to control a disaster and we're manipulating to show that control, we never really have that control. We just have that situation manipulated. But then all manipulations, what, lead to destruction. At some point, Mother Nature is going to wake up. She's going to get tired of being manipulated every day for our gain. One of the biggest reasons why I'm rambling now, but one of the biggest reasons that I gave up bodybuilding was because i started to feel not bodybuilding in a traditional sense you're talking about three chicken breasts a day you know any type of animal that has protein i'll eat it because my waist how many dead animals do i consume on a daily basis so that i could have a little bit more muscle and why did that people that have great muscle aren't the healthiest why are these people dying of prostate cancer because all they eat is death in the name of muscle, living your life for the body instead of the spirit. But what are the benefits of me eating things that didn't die? Better health, more life. Mm, that sounds a lot more promising. Is it possible that I can have a great body on that? Mm-hmm. You won't be two hundred and seventy-four pounds of solid steel like people were never intended to be. But you can definitely have a better body. You can definitely have a better life. You can better have. But you can definitely have better mobility. That sounds like the program I want to sign up for. Where do I sign up for that at? And never look back. Not have fish every once in a while. Because a balanced diet is the best diet. But, but, I mean. Everybody, do me a favor. Wake up. I love y'all. Peace.